Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Today's Heal Squad All Stars, we're diving deep into the world of healing, mind body connection, and unlocking human potential that will lead to enhanced performance, improved health, and a whole new level of well being. Anita Morjani is an author, motivational speaker, and spiritual teacher. Oh my gosh, friends, her story is crazy amazing. Nicole Sachs is a renowned psychotherapist, author, and speaker. And Brian Bradley is a renowned expert in functional movement and body mechanics. Throughout this episode, we're going to delve into the heart of healing, exploring the power of self-compassion, the emotional origins of physical pain. Yes, I said the emotional origins of physical pain and the ways in which intentional movement can reshape your physical and emotional well-being. In fact, I feel that I am so much more able to help people and not worry. I don't worry about people people's energies yeah that and I don't worry about people uh, liking me I don't worry about being around you know what we label as toxic people I don't even like to think of people as being toxic or not toxic I don't even like to think of it that way I think people are just people and people are struggling and they're in different places well they're the ones that need you most exactly the people who are hardest to love are the ones that need it the most yeah. And you can love them when your own um, your own battery is full, when your own cup is full. But that's the thing, right? Like we have our cell phones. Yes. Does anyone think, oh, I'm being selfish by charging their phone? <laughs> exactly. No. But why do we think like that about ourselves? We Society, have I so think. little regard for ourselves. Yes. And, and that's the and problem. And you can't be your best <clears throat> self unless... Yes. Well, yeah. How is the nurse going to take care of people if she's so depleted that now when she's there, she's grouchy mm-hmm. when someone is in like desperate need of nurturing, right? Or yeah. then administers something incorrectly or does something wrong that's even more detrimental. Like you can't, you can't be your best self. That's right. No. And if you take this up a notch and if you realize that people 
who have um, chronic physical illnesses are in that condition because they're depleted inside. So if you were aware of that, you would handle hospitals very differently. The hospitals would be focused on charging people's energy and teaching them how to recharge their battery. So what about people who seems on the surface that they're all together, but they're always sick? Like on the surface, they're happy, everything is great, but when you... They're always sick. That's a classic people pleaser. That's Mm. a classic people pleaser where they have to show people that I'm okay. I don't need your help. I don't Mm -hmm. need you. But underneath, they're struggling. They're struggling. And uh, it's because they find it really hard to receive. Now, those of us or to ask for help. How do people like that get out of that zone? So, so the first thing is to realize it. Great question. So the first <laughs> thing is to, is to realize that we do this. So, so ask you yourself. Honesty. honesty. Honesty with yourself. With yourself. You don't even have to share it with anyone else. Yes. The first thing is to realize that I have this tendency. So, so many of us are really good at giving and giving and giving of ourselves. Terrible at receiving. Yeah. And so that's what we have to ask ourselves how are my receiving channels? Am I able to receive? Because if I'm not able to receive, just like the iPhone, if it stops charging, um, it's, you know, it, it's broken. If you can't receive charge, if you can't receive energy, then there's something wrong. You need to, to do something and learn to receive. You have to put yourself in rice. Right, you know when your water when your phone drops in the water, yeah, exactly. start over. Yeah, put yourself in Let's rice. Put ourselves like in that. rice out there, listeners. That is so and, funny. Yeah, I, I really feel like we need to create a chart. I just wrote like a note because I'm gonna I'm gonna create a life chart of some sort because I think we. We put, we create, see it well, look, too, we create right? charts for like everything, like whether it's your finances or whatever, but do we create like a life chart ever? Like to me, as you're right, you're saying all of this, I'm like, Hmm, what's the solution? How are we going to actually focus on this? How are we going to actually make t- like a real change? And to me, it would be like a workbook for your life. Yes. yes. And so, so, you know, and it's with you and it's with everybody that I have on the show. There's all these different things that we need to focus on. And the only way we're going to focus on it, if it's in one place where you can kind of write in your thing, totally. I'm going to create a, I'm going to create a life that. book for us and I we'll like make that. it a test because like, I think what you're saying right now is so cool because we need to identify what drains us, what recharges exactly. us, who drains us, who recharges us. Yes. And then, and then what is your purpose and what are you supposed to do? What does your heart really say? Once you see it all written down, then you'll attack life so much differently. But when yes. you don't, it's like for someone's, you know, someone's going to say, well, my job is draining and I hate what I'm doing and I hate my boss, but I got to do it because I have to pay the bills because my kids have to go to school and all of this. And then, so what happens? This person just lives in this suffering state until they get sick and then they have an excuse to leave. Yes. Right. Yes. right? And by yes. then, sometimes they're too tired to fight the fight that needs to be fought. Yep. And then they have an untimely, and by the way, then on top of that, they don't have um, the resources or the people around them to bring in more light, to help them find the support so that they can beat it. And that's why I watch a lot of people get sick and pass because it's just, it's just so hard. Exactly. That, I mean, what you're saying is so spot on that people live a life that they hate they get drained and then they get sick and then they and then they actually fight 
to get well, but to get well to go back to live the life that they hate. Yes. And right. so when they're given a choice or when the, the sickness is pretty bad, sometimes it's easier to opt out yeah. and just check out. And I think a big part of the life chart also is, and you said this so brilliantly, is when you are in that situation, let's say, that it presents itself as toxic, how do you not really take that in? How is your life force energy being able to create a bubble that just deflects it and can still handle that situation but not become in it and immersed in it and drowned by it. Okay, so that's that is the biggest challenge that um, I have had to deal with over the years. What I find is really helpful is what I said about focusing. So making so, for example, I would make a list of all the things that charge my batteries. So um, and then I would make a list of the things that drain me, which are uh, which I can actually eliminate from my life, you know, which I have been doing because I think that, oh, I need to be a better person. Like what? And like what? So, like what you have to do, what your society tells you you're supposed to so do. I or... would put, so the things that drain me, I can literally split them into two categories. One are things that I've kind of, I'm doing them just because people are saying, oh, you should do this because it's expected of you. So it's like, again, people-pleasing. It's because I'm afraid of what people will think of me if I don't do it. So that's one category. And I work on trying to stop doing those things, stop worrying about what people think of you. The second category of things that kind of uh, take up your energy, drain your energy, they don't drain it as much because there is a certain pleasure. It's taking care of people I love, but yet it still needs... Um, so it's like taking care of aging parents. So Danny, my husband Danny and I, we both have aging parents. And sometimes it takes a lot out of me. But for me, it's not a negotiation. I want to be there for them. So I need to stay healthy if I'm going to be in their presence because I don't want to be depleted when I go and spend time with them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be mm -hmm. short with them or, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so, so then, so the, the things that take from you or drain you I literally split them into two lists. One is I got dragged into it because, you know, it's some drama that somebody's a friend is having. And I later realized, oh, God, I probably shouldn't have got into that. Yeah. And the other one is the other list of things that drain me is no negotiation. I have to be there for these people. I love that. But the, the important list is the list There has to be enough things in the list of things that stimulate you so that you can constantly keep your batteries charged. That is the important list. So if I have to be there for my mom, I will make sure that I charge my batteries so I can be my best self. Like what do you do? So there's a ton of things like um, I love writing. I love listening to music. I have to take time out for that. I love being at the beach, love being in nature, being by the ocean. Um, I like going out with friends, having a good laugh. I love laughing. Laughter is actually really great for charging your batteries. Um, you know, soaking in a tub, going to a movie, going to the mall. I have to admit I'm a bit of a shopaholic. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> so that's how you recharge your battery yes. prior to a visit. Prior or that. even, yeah, I schedule these things in 
all all week, like all the yeah. time, to make sure that I'm always able to be um, everything that I came here to be. Yeah. We should all embrace self-love and release the fear of not being enough so that bodies can respond in miraculous ways. Great lessons from Anita. Up next is Nicole Sachs. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, For a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus, having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully, our jobs and everything in between. But it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past. But as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. 
you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. You know, I lived in chronic pain. Sometimes it was better. Sometimes it was worse. And I got through uh, undergrad. I moved to the city and I was working in the city and I got into grad school. So I moved to the Midwest and here I am in grad school. And one day my mother calls me and she is freaking out. And it was back when Rosie O'Donnell had her daily talk show in the 90s. And Rosie had a segment on the talk show and it was called Fix Jeanette. And now Jeanette Barber who was at the time Rosie's producer, was in a motorized wheelchair. She had such severe pain in her knees and her feet and her ankles. No doctor knew what to do for her that she had devolved into this needing this motorized wheelchair. And Rosie, who wouldn't believe that there couldn't be one more idea, put her her in this segment called Fix Jeanette. And my mother was watching the after segment, during which they showed footage of Jeanette Barber running the New York Marathon. And my mother said, what's going on here? And they started talking about a doctor named Dr. John Sarno, who helps people with all sorts of chronic conditions by explaining to them that the pain is not in your head, okay? You're not making it up. It's not psychological pain. It's not not psychosomatic pain. The pain is not in your head. It is real. It is being expressed through your body. But the origin of the pain lives in the mind-body system and what happens to your brain and your nervous system when it is engaged in long-term chronic stress, long-term chronic fight or flight that leads to certain signals being sent to certain muscle groups and bodily systems like the stomach and the head and all the places we experience discomfort. So at the time... He he was an attending physician for 50 years at the Rusk Center for Rehabilitation at NYU Medical Center. And, and, he, and over the course of his career, I think he had four or five best-selling books. But at the time, his most recent book was Healing Back Pain. And so my mom said, you have to get this book. I think this is what's wrong with you. And, um, and I got the book. And to be totally honest, and whenever I speak, I always tell the truth. I didn't even read it. <laughs> I read the front cover and the back and I was, you know, 25. I just, I, I leafed through it and I said, I get this. I understand what the man is saying. I got the gist of it. And what he was saying was, although pain is experienced through the body, when we have severe repressed feelings like rage, he always focused on rage. I've kind of evolved it into rage, shame, fear, sadness, regret, embarrassment, mm-hmm. all the things we feel, grief. But when we experience repressed rage and we don't know how to let that steam valve open, it's going to be expressed somewhere in our bodies and oftentimes rage is expressed through the back. This was his theory. So I thought, hmm, all right, it's probably crap, but let me just try it out. Because why not do a science experiment on myself? Because how else am I going to disprove my mother, which is always, you know, a fun thing to do. And um, and just, 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 I was curious. I allowed my fear to be replaced with curiosity, which is something I also teach a lot in my work. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I did a science experiment on myself. So 
I'll never forget at the time I was in grad school and I was nannying for these four kids. And um, it was a stressful job. And once in a while, my back would really flare up. And so instead of worrying about my broken back and my ruined life and my terrible future, I just thought, why are you angry right now? And I thought, hmm. And I would go over whatever was going on with the kids or grad school or money or whatever was stressing me out. And I just really was honest with myself about why I was angry. And then 10 minutes later, I'd be busy doing an activity with the kids. And I'd be like, wait a second, just happened here. My back doesn't hurt anymore. And that was the spark. That was the spark of recognition that this, there might be something to this mind-body connection, something I had never, ever considered in my life. We aren't in the Western world trained about any of this at all. You know, everything is take a pill, have a surgery, have an injection, or even if you're more maybe open-minded, have like a holistic treatment like acupuncture or massage or, or whatever. And those, I'm not saying that those things are all wrong. And there's certainly a place for all of them in society. But most of the chronic conditions that we live with will never be fixed through physical manipulation of the body ever. And now I'm 20 years in. So now I can speak with authority. But back then, I was just doing a science experiment on myself. So I became pain-free. And I went on to graduate with all my degrees. I got married. And I gave birth to my two oldest beautiful babies exercising until the day they were born. I had no back pain and that is a beautiful thing. And that is not the end of the story. And it's very important for people to understand that that's not the end of the story because one of the things that um, I gently criticize my mentor and dear friend, Dr. John Sarno about is that he used to say, Oh, a lot of people, 90% of people read the book and get better. And I get it. I understand because in many ways, the nervous system is a light switch. And when your nervous system perceive you as safe, your entire body functions differently than when it perceives you as in danger. So I do understand why people do get these book cures or this understanding of knowledge cures, but it's not the whole story. And I do believe that my story is as rich and as complicated as it is, so I could carry this message really fully to everyone out there who suffers. So my son, Oliver, who's now 16, was 10 months old, and he was in um, one of those little walker, those baby walkers, and he was toddling around my back deck. And um, there were two stairs that led from the deck to the driveway. It wasn't a huge fall, but I just, every time he got a little close to it, I was like, I don't want him to go over those stairs. So I leaned over. And I picked up the walker. Now I see you make a face because you think that that's bad for your back. It's actually not. I mean, it could be a muscle strain if you don't have a a, a strong core, but it's not inherently bad for your back. However, obviously somewhere subconsciously, I thought it was. And moreover, my emotional reservoir that I now understand to be the keeper of your nervous system's perception of your safety was yeah. probably yeah, up you, to here. You were worried about your son's safety in that moment, right? Was that? I was worried trigger? about my son's safety. I was, I'll, I'll put a hold on that. Gotcha. I think what, what, what really what it was that my son's safety and me picking it up was the, was the trigger, but what it triggered was a lot more fear and, and anger and, sadness and confusion that I didn't know about because that's where our repressed emotional world lives in our subconscious. I pick up the walker and it feels like I have a hot knife dragging through my back. And in that moment, fueled by fear, every understanding of the mind-body connection goes out the window. And I say, in total shame, you did it now. Mm. Now you did it. 
bad girl, like your dad always said, you screwed up. You've ruined everything. You pressed your luck. You had these two kids. You probably shouldn't have because you weren't, you told you weren't supposed to. And now your life is ruined. And that set me on a year, the darkest year of my life of severe, severe chronic pain. Three times a week, physical therapy, electric stim treatments on my back, a lot of opioids, a lot of muscle relaxers, um, steroid packs, um, therapeutic massages, which always left me more in pain, which now I understand why. Um, I was an angry mother. I was an impatient person. I was self-pitying all the time. And I lived in absolute um, despair. And it was that whole year. And then this year culminated in this one very fateful day where I was at a deli with my children. They were like one and a half and three and a half. And they were, and it was the kind of deli that um, every mother dreads because when you go up to pay at the front, there are all these like clear containers with gummy bears and gummy worms and chocolate covered pretzels. And they're all about the eye height of a three foot tall person. <laughs> obviously by design. And so I'm trying to pay and I've got the diaper bag over my shoulder and I have a bad back. So I'm always feeling worried about myself and sorry for myself. And my kids are going wild. They are picking up the containers and shaking them and mommy, can I have this? Can I have this? And begging me and pulling at me and tripping and other, the containers are falling on the floor and I am mortified and I'm all the things, the reservoir underneath. Don't know. All I know is I'm mortified. I wrench the stuff out of my kid's hands. I put it back. I pay the bill. And now we start walking to the parking lot. And this is a very active parking lot. Um, many stores, like kind of like a strip mall. And as I'm walking to the car with one of my children in either of my hands, holding their hands, my back is getting tighter and tighter. The pain is getting bigger. And the fire in the lower back feels like it's going to explode. And I'm making sense that right now this is a very serious situation that I'm in. I get to the car and for the life of me, there was no way I could get my kids in the car. I couldn't reach my phone. I couldn't reach my keys. I couldn't let go of either of their hands because one second of letting go could have meant that they would immediately be killed. There were cars whizzing by in either direction. They had no sense of danger. And I just stood there in the parking lot and I, I put my forehead on the driver's side window of my car and I just cried. I just cried for my poor children and their failure of a mother and my broken body and my ruined life and all of my hope that had drained from me. I just cried and I just stood there. And to this day, every time I tell the story, I get chills all over my body. It will never get old for me. And to this day, I don't know how long I stood there. My children kind of went lump, limp the way kids do when they just like get a sense like this is, an impossible situation. There's no complaining here. And um, I don't know how long we stood there, but eventually somehow I was able to get my kids in the car. I remember driving home and somehow getting them fed and bathed into bed. And um, although I was married at the time, my ex-husband was, he would work till after the kids got home every night. One of the reasons the marriage ended. And, um, and so I was alone and I got my kids to bed. And I walked into my bedroom and I sat on my bed and I looked out the window, which was this big kind of picture window. And all you could see was the blackness of the night and the stars in the sky. And somewhere in that moment, I surrendered. And I said, 
mess with me, don't mess with my kids. I do not know if Dr. Sarno is right with all this mind-body stuff and all this complicated stuff that it's hard to understand and believe. And I don't know if I need spinal fusion surgery, like the doctors say, that would put me six weeks in a body cast and a rod in my spine and limit my mobility for life. I don't know. But one thing I know is I will do anything. And I call that the gift of desperation. And some people use it as an acronym for God, because I will tell you that it is beautiful to be out of ideas. And I called Dr. Sarno's office at the time he was still in practice in New York City. And I made an appointment. It was incredibly expensive. It was money I did not have easily because um, he was in a hospital for 50 years, 5-0, that he never got a referral from inside the building because his money, his work didn't make money for anyone. It, it, it didn't use the surgical model. It didn't use the big pharma model, model, and it didn't use the medical model. And those doctors in that office were not interested in referring people down to Dr. John Sarno. So his prices were very high because he didn't take insurance because he was just doing this sort of boutique practice. So I paid the money and I sat down with him. Now, I don't know um, if you, in your friendship with Howard, ever heard about the personality of Dr. John Sarno. But he was a really kind of hilarious dude. Okay. So he was probably about five, four, five, five. He was Italian. He he wore his the long lab coat. So it went down to about his ankles. <laughs> and he was a gruff fellow. He would he 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 was no joke. He was all business. And so I had written in this very typical A student way I did this novel of when my back would hurt. It hurts when I move like this and when I bend like this and when I pick. And I mean, it was, it was, I spent yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> I spent time on this thing. And so I walk in, I slide it across the table from him and he picks up my, my folder and he, and he says, what is this? And I said, oh, it's, it's just all the deal of my back and how it feels. And he said, okay, he did not lose my gaze and he took it and he threw it in the garbage can. And it was like this metal old, like utility garbage can. It went boom. And he goes, let me examine you. And he's a medical doctor. He gave me a full exam. And he said, and he looked at my MRI and he said, oh, I see what's going on in your back. And I go, yeah, it's really bad. Every orthopedic surgeon goes pale. And by the way, that is true. I mean, people freak out when they see it. I have a whole vertebrae that shattered and replaced with scar tissue. I have stress fractures in the vertebrae above and below. And my whole, it looks like it's sitting on itself. I think at some point I don't even have a disc. I don't know. He, and he said, yeah, he said, this is, it's called spondylolisthesis. It's a normal abnormality. You were probably born with it. It doesn't cause pain. And I said, oh, and he said, this is your problem. You are very angry, aren't you? And I was like, uh, I guess so. Well, how does that matter? And he really explained it to me in ways that I understood, which basically I've kind of touched on. It's just that we live in a mind-body system. Sometimes we feel things in our hearts and sometimes we feel things in our bodies and they are literally interchangeable. And when I lecture, oftentimes I say, what I'm teaching you is something that you already believe. Who among us has not had a stressful day and gotten a headache, an emotional stimuli that leads to a physical reaction? Who among us has not gotten bad news and lost an appetite? Emotional stimuli leading to physical reaction. What's the most obvious emotional stimuli that leads to a physical reaction? When you get really, really, really sad, what happens to you? I mean, I want to eat. 
bad things. I cry. Yes. <laughs> Water falls out of your face. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like sometimes when people really struggle to believe, well, how can an emotional stimuli lead to a physical reaction? Yes. And I go, um, every time you cry. Yes, you could cry because someone hit you in the in the knee with a hammer, you could, but most of the time you cry because you're watching, you know, a sad TikTok. So, I mean, you know, let's, let's be honest here. Um, we all know that emotional stimuli can lead to physical reactions, but when things get chronic, all of that goes out the window because chronic pain is an epidemic of fear and fear overrides reason. And that is what people need to understand. And so he explained this to me and I set forth on understanding what I needed to do so I always, I always say there's three facets of my work, believe, do the work and patience and kindness for yourself. So believe is just understanding what's going on in your, in your body, what's going on in your mind, the dance, the beautiful dance actually between the mind and the body where your brain and your nervous system are only seeking to protect you with your physical affliction because it, in its estimation, your emotional repressed world which is the place where our stored trauma lives, where our unresolved stuff from childhood, where all the things that get triggered, wherever that lives, is perceived by the nervous system as a greater predator than your physical pain. The migraine keeps you safe. You lay down, you turn off the lights, you cancel plans with Aunt Edna, who always makes you feel bad about yourself. Here you are, safe. Now, I call it safe in the unsafest way because nobody wants to live like that, but your nervous system thinks you're much better off there. How do we convince the nervous system that we're okay feeling our feelings? We have to feel them. How do we feel our feelings? Well, Dr. Sarno explained to me that one of the easiest ways to do that is to journal. Because when you slow your thoughts down to the, to the space in which you can either write them out or type them out, you make space for epiphany. And I said, oh, okay, whatever. I mean, not whatever, like I'll go journal, but it kind of seems too simple to be true. But I said, okay, I said, I really get you. I get you, I believe you, and I, I think this is the reason for my back pain that's stopping my entire life. I believe you that my spondylolisthesis, just like any bulging disc, just like many, many findings on MRI is a normal abnormality that doesn't cause pain. I believe you, which was important. And I said, I'm going to go do this journaling work. I love how Nicole explains that our emotions are playing a significant role in chronic pain. I so believe in that. By addressing the emotional baggage, we create space for true healing. Up next is Brian Bradley. Movement is a language our bodies speak, and Brian's going to help us decode it. When we move with intention and not just exercising, we cultivate a harmonious relationship with our bodies. I still do some of the movements he taught me to this day. Peeling every little vertebrae up off the mat and then slowly putting them back down. You'll hear it all coming up. So I race cars. So I'm on the racetrack going, okay, sit down, let the seat hold you. Now we're driving. Mm -hmm. There's G-forces out the wazoo coming into some of these corners. I don't go, well, if I, my spine was straighter, because I'm going to drive right off the track. You can't let your mind leave the track. Jack Nicklaus can't let his mind leave. Tiger Woods can't let his mind leave the golf course, the golf ball, the golf club. I would rather have you not be conscious of it, and I would rather have you do something like we did over there on stage today, two, three things just to interrupt your day. While your coffee's brewing, four minutes, we shot that on Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee, uh, Bulletproof Podcast 429, I put three, four exercises in the back, including this one, and it's a game changer, because once you wake up your deep hip flexor, then every question you just asked me, 
fat loss, sex, golf, running, brain, all that, it starts to come back into play. I call Peter Goscu the, the father of all functional medicine because he opened up everybody's eyes and he didn't have blinders on coming in because he had zero medical. And I'm talking zero. So when I came in, I'm going, bro, you know that the rotator cuff does this and the diaphragm does this. And he's like, yeah, okay. But if the rib cage is off, Brian, if you're sitting like this, all of those muscles are now compensating. So that's what we have to think with you. So was he just kind of like gut instinct? 100%, because he and fixed himself just... coming out of Vietnam. So think about sitting. If I said to you, just sit forward in your chair, just a hair, come forward just a little bit. I don't want to get too close. Nope, that's okay, but that's true. He's very dirty. So if you're just sitting in this position, and those of you at home, just sit, sit relaxed, almost like off the back of the chair. So don't sit back, sit down. Mom coming up going, Maria, fix your posture, right? But what we do is we pull our shoulder blades together and yeah. pull our chest out. Yeah. If you become an upper body mover, now you're the quarterback who blows out his knee and thinks it's a knee problem when it's really a lack of hip function. So go to the tailbone and now just from here, think of it almost like a marionette puppet rolling up like this, sitting straight up where you almost get a cramp in the in the hip flexor here, yeah. the secondary. But like the tightness is down here. Yes. Like under your like pelvis. That's yeah. correct. Yeah, those That's muscles correct. are what's engaged. Now if you do anything, if we were training together, I would say, look, I'm gonna throw you a med ball, catch yeah. it. But you can't give up, the, you can't go, oh, I'll catch it like this. Catch it here and do engaged. this. Yeah, it's interesting because I got my abs engaged the second I got that engaged. So now I'm like. Shh. But you didn't think about your yeah. abs engaging because no. the ab attaches to the pelvis. Yeah. So people go, oh, train your core. Good luck training your core when your hip flexor doesn't work. So we've got to get that to happen. When it doesn't work, then people do this. Well, I'm not really sure what's wrong. And their shoulders go up like this and going, I have neck pain. And then they get treatments for the neck when they're going, maybe I should adjust my pelvis, get the muscles to engage. And then my shoulder will go, I can take a break now because it should be congratulated saying, maybe you're over firing because this is not. So should that be blamed? No, it's really trying to do an uprighting mechanism. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, just like normal medicine always kind of band-aids something rather than looking for the root, what you guys are doing is you're looking for the root of the issue. That's right. And it's like, if something's happening here, we got to look at everything and see where it... So Conor McGregor, if you look back at the Khabib fight, and I don't usually watch MMA because, I look, I wrestled my whole life, but I'm not a big fan of... I'm a wrestler! Seriously. Did you see me wrestle at WrestleMania? I didn't. Oh, Yeah. I'm going to go back and do that. 4 in the wrestling world. Okay. That's okay. Go ahead. Okay, but we're actually talking about... Um, don't like, don't say no, it. No, we're, talking, we're, we're about... talking about fake wrestling. You're talking about real wrestling. Yes. Okay, so... <laughs> so, collegiate wrestling, all that stuff. So, yes. uh, the idea is that I'm not a fan of the fist to the face. Like, the punching. I'm, okay, I like it for the MMA mm -hmm. stuff. It's what they do. These guys are warriors. But you had the best in the world, the Chuck Liddells, who was the inspiration for Conor McGregor. Well, Chuck Dozagoskiu loves it, and I have concerns about that because he had knee and shoulder and hip, but I'm really doing it for Chuck's head because Chuck has been in it for so long, I don't want him to become a statistic later on where we're really trying to save these guys because once you change head position, you now give the head the best place to flourish and get the nutrients it needs to heal versus, hey, the guy's going to kill himself, not him, but some of my NFL guys that have done that in the past. That could probably be good for brain tumors too, right? Don't know anything about brain tumors, but um, I'm going to tell you, Igoscu first, and then everything else gets easier around it. So if somebody went in for a heart problem, maybe the heart problem could be due to you not breathing correctly. You're not doing this. You're getting palpitations. Why? They, don't, they can't tell you why definitively. 
and my brother is a cardiac lung guy at Duke. So it's they, 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 and those guys, they give up their own bodies to help their patients. So every doc and first responder needs to be doing a Goscue yeah. because it would be unbelievable for the nursing corps. So back to Connor, he's, you're, you and I are fighting and he's getting ready to throw a punch. But if he's doing this, right? I love the twist of the hand too. Yeah. But if he I'm does, if he does this and he rounds over almost too much, yep. then he's throwing a punch from here. And you saw him when he walks onto the, the set sometimes he's pulled like this and he does that. Yeah. So yeah, you just got his body posture. Not anymore. Because when we're done, I'll show you the picture before and after. We got him 12 days out at the UFC facility in Vegas. Tony hooked it up. He said, look, Connor's ready for this. He's open to this. His trainer's open to this. And his trainer, John, uh, manager, great guy. And once I got him and said, look, throw a punch. And now put you through two or three things that moved his torso to a different position. Now throw a punch from here versus here. This is a hip. Then the hand. A lot more power, mm -hmm. too. Unbelievable. Because now you're using the floor. How did he win his last fight against Cowboy? He didn't throw a punch till the end. He hit him four times in the face with what? If you're close enough to me, he came yeah. up with his shoulder and smacked him in the face four times with his shoulder. Who does that? Because he realized, I have to become hip-driven, push off the ground. Now this becomes a weapon. And he, I don't know if he broke his nose, but he almost knocked the guy out with his shoulder joint. Nothing with this. And then he started coming at him at the end with a 40-some, 42 to 48 second win. I'm getting a little sick inside. It's like I've seen people hurt people. It, oh, it like hurts my heart. But, they, <laughs> but you understand where they are, just like you yeah. were in the wrestling and I was in wrestling. You just don't care at that point. You're going, it's worth it. This is who I am. This yes, is what I love. I you know, and Tony would talk to them and go, why do you really do it? Which is what he got Connor to understand. And that's why... So why did he really do it? I'm so curious. You're going to talk to Tony about that. Or you're going to talk to Connor. Because psychologically, that guy was all over the place. Remember, he picked up the, the, the dolly, threw it through the window of Khabib's truck, almost hurt a lot of people. And Connor will tell you, that wasn't me. I was out of my mind. I don't know what was going on. And Tony and they worked together for a long time. And whatever happened, happened. And you see wow. Connor, he's, he's almost... I told somebody after the, the meeting, I said... You could literally sit down with that guy and you'd feel like you were meeting with somebody who you've been related to for 15 years. Wow. He was real. He was not, look who I am. It was all about his entourage. Like, let me take care of all of them and they take care of him. Great group of people. Wow. Unbelievable. Okay, tell me the story. Pete's story. Okay, Pete Agoscu. 1968, 69, whatever it was with the Vietnam War. Um, he, the, the method was born in 71 when he finally had his realization would happen. He's walking through the jungle and his front guy puts his hand up like we've all seen in the movies and everybody drops. Pete walks to the front and goes, what's up? He said, look at this. This lady has this rice bin on top of her head. So we picture that. Everybody's all seen that kind of stuff. She takes it off, unravels, gives birth, squatting down, not legs to the ears like we do in the U.S. She squats down using gravity, picks up the baby, wraps it back up, picks up the rice, Shut. yes, and walks back. And that was when Peter Gosky said, don't ever tell me the human body's not capable of miracles off of what he just saw with her. That was his inspiration. Then he had the injury in Vietnam. Then he had doctors telling him, well, we think the pain might be in your head a little bit. So he flips the guy's desk over, walks out and says, it's up to me to get myself well. Picked up Grey's Anatomy, started helping out his Marine Corps friends. Retired What's Grey's Anatomy? It's an old school, well, you remember the TV show, but it's an old school anatomy book, not really how you would want to learn anatomy now. So it's, uh, it's 19, 
you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. It's old school drawings. So he gets this book. Gets this book and started studying and, and just went, wait a second. If that muscle does this and it's attached to that bone, so the whole leg bone connection to the hip bone connected to the spine bone, he literally would sing that song to himself going, it's got to be that way. So he would say, if I change my foot, my back doesn't hurt anymore. What does that have to do with it? When I take my arm and put it behind me, why does that relieve pain in my knee on my left side? I don't get it. But over time, realized it, built this method. So when I come out of university, I'm going, I know everything. I knew nothing. Like literally zero. I knew how to memorize, and that was where it stopped. And when I hooked Crazy. up with this guy, I just went, okay, wait a second. He knows something that I need to know. And here we are 30 years later. Do you, so he became his own pain investigator. Yep. And his own healer. Do you think he's intuitive? A hundred percent. I always say that this guy has a third eye. Yeah. Tony works on a bunch of billionaires. One of the billionaires had some issues going on with his family, blah, blah, blah. Pete walks in and over the phone says, you need to call your doctor, tell him this, this, this. The doctor calls him the next day and goes, I'm sorry, how did you know that? He said, well, her complaint was this. She said this. Here's the nerve root, but the hip controls the spinal curve. And once you lose that spinal curve, like sit down now and in COVID-19, we're all going, gee, I wonder how I'm going to fix my life. You can't fix anything here. Yeah. You've got to be here. You've got to walk into a meeting. Like you walking into something in the entertainment industry, you walk in and go like this, I own this place. Yeah. You're crazy for not bringing me on. That's how I would feel. Yeah. I walk into every meeting going like this, I'm curious. What if the body's just trying to tell us something? Yeah. And that puts you in a position of power. You don't need the power, but it puts you in a position of confidence and certainty and power to go, I'm not going to be convoluted with an idea that there's something wrong that we can't fix. Yeah. Or that, you know, the standard kind of old methods are just the way, the only way, whether it's surgery or whatever. That's correct. Um, are you familiar with Joe Dispenza? I know. Yeah, I am. Actually. Yeah. I feel like he, he had the same, he had his own kind of journey, but, um, you know, he got hit by a truck and shattered his back and healed his back with his brain literally sealed and reconfigured his spine with his mind. And so for those of you listening, sorry about the sweat, but those of you listening saying, yeah, but mine's different. Here's the answer. Hey, Brian, have you ever worked with degenerative hips? Yes, tens of thousands, but not yours. Yours might be something special. Let me take a look. So as we were talking before, my company, Igoscu, we look at this and we say yes to everything. Yeah. Hey, Brian, do you want to do this? Yep. Let's do it. Hey, Brian, can you do this? Yes, let's do it. And if it doesn't fit, then we'll back down somewhere. But why not start with yes? Let's try. If we would just start with yes today, somebody would go, well, why do you think, do you think I can heal my back? Well, yeah, I think you can do it. Look, the experts in the medical field are experts for a reason. You find a good MD, keep him or her around. You find an amazing physical therapist, absolutely become part of their tribe. And where we fall in is we're trying to make their jobs easier. Number one job, Igoscu makes your healthcare practitioner's job so much easier. Yeah, I just think it's always a why not. Correct. Why not try another way that um, can tackle a problem that, you know, might have, you know, longer lasting effects, might be simpler to go through in and a way. Empowers you, the customer, to yeah. say, I did this versus... Wow, you're so amazing. Can you help me? And I'm, I'm going, great. Thank you for that. Um, I agree with you. This work is amazing. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just the 
the conduit for you to experience it. Yeah. So you were talking about feet earlier. It's interesting. Um, the other thing that I started doing is I started using like those foot scientific inserts mm -hmm. so that my feet were firing better. And that's been helpful as well. Um, what do you, what's your experience with feet? Uh, You're against that, huh? I'm not against it. I'm against the idea that you think putting something external is going to fire your foot differently. Because if you think it fired your foot differently, what did it do up the chain? Did it create a different imbalance up here? My opinion is... Well, they put me in one of those treadmills and it said, you know, here's what's happening. Here's where your weight is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I have a question for you. I'm there with you. Yeah. Physiologist. Unbelievable. Thank you so much. I see where the red, the blue, the green, the yellow are. Uh, Maria, put your hands on your head like this, pull your elbows back, and now walk in the treadmill. And all of your foot readings now changed. And you're no longer pronating valgus stress going to flat foot and pushing off the big toe, which is why bunions form. You're now going, wait a second, I'm now toward the center of my foot, and there's that centralized foot strike toe off Brian was talking about. Hey, wait a second, I'm losing fat, P-H-A-T, because you're now pumping the ankle, pumping the knee. So that's draining. 100%. And drain, I'm sorry, it doesn't drain downward. It drains upward. Really? Yes. Yes. I was like, it no, drains. No, 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 no like, that's oh, why people drains. do this. People go here and they do this stuff when they're on the trampoline because they're trying to look at the lymph channels that drain by the clavicles up here. So they're doing this, they're rubbing this. These are the outlet channels. Well, I'm sorry. What if you're like this? Those outlet channels are doing nothing, which is why some people's arms, they're going, they used to be a lot more solid. They have a lot of fluid in here now. I love that you said fluid because you can be skinny and still be PHAT, you know, which ties into the lymphatic stuff. Does that come into like cellulite world at all? A hundred, listen to me. Um, yes, Brian has the cellulite answer. I knew it. Because it's tied to your correct movement. Shut the front door. So you're telling me if I learn how to release my hips. Engage your hips. Turn on the hip flexor. Turn on the psoas. Like full time. 100%. Plug I can it get in. rid of cellulite. It's the circuit breaker. You wouldn't have to do another thing. And within 30 days, you'd say this. You'd be the richest man in the world if I am, you're in our cellulite I place. am the richest man in the world. <laughs> now, my bank account my bank account doesn't show that because we're not talking about that type of yeah. thing. This type of conversation is so organic and fun for me because it's taking... This bullshit that you women are being told in the tabloids of eat less food, work out more. I can't yeah. stand it. I cannot stand it. Because you're also you're all of a sudden looking at, well, I look in the mirror and yeah, I look great. Especially in your line of work. You have to look a certain way. Yeah. It's so much easier if you just get your, your body's dysfunction out of its own way. You know, it's really interesting. So after I had brain surgery, I had a lot of balance issues. Um, so I didn't work out for a I mean, I, it was like probably two years. Um, and I think when I could, I was scared because I still have the tumor in there or whatever. And so, um, and so all of a sudden I'm like, wait, whose body is this? Where did this all come from? This didn't exist before. And so it makes sense that the lack of movement Keep talking. I'm led to that for you. because I'm sitting here and I'm like, that wasn't me. And I don't think it is me because I haven't changed dietary situations. What's that? That's the same brain five minutes apart. Look at the white fluid on the frontal lobe. Yeah. That white fluid is toxic protein buildup that compresses brain tissue. It's not nourishing anything. 
if it doesn't drain, leave, get pulsed around. This is the same brain five minutes later. Is this on the um, outside of the brain, not the inside of the brain? Uh, this is in the, the like, yeah, the picture, piece. Let's yeah, see, yeah. let me see, let me see. Yeah. Okay, picture so that. which one's which? Look at the white fluid and then look at the other picture. Oh my gosh, wow. Now, more importantly, I'm going to show you the spine. And what do you think about that spinal position? Um, not curved enough. That's correct. Yeah, in fact, it's bulging here. And look at where the impingement is right here on this white part. Yep. So there's a kink in the hose. And now all of a sudden, hey, we're still pulsing north and we're filling up, we're filling up, we're filling up. But the drain's plugged. Yeah. And I hate to use such simple language, but that's what the audience and myself understand. Yeah. So when I sit down with these neurologists in the NFL level, they're going, we don't have any evidence of that. And I said, I really don't give a shit about your evidence. I care about these the players. Can we just give them a chance? So when that happens, they say this, my, drain, my brain flushed like a toilet. I felt it leave. My memory came back. I don't need sunglasses right now. If that's not enough anecdotal to look at, what they're doing. Now, I will tell you, Cleveland Clinic is now at least looking at the neck alignment for this. If I can just get them two and a half feet lower and turning on the circuit breaker, because the psoas is the circuit breaker. I'm not going to tell you. Where is the psoas exactly located? Okay, so look at your pant leg. You have seams on the inside like this, like a seam that goes up yeah. like that. Follow that seam all the way up to where your underwear line would sit like this. Uh -huh. And it's below our parts, yeah. right? Sitting against the leg. That's where the attachment is on the leg. Yeah. So whatever you do with the leg attaches, creates tension in that muscle today, so which is you, why. When you have somebody work, just even touching that it hurts, right? That means every, all the psoas, everything is like tight. Well, I've had the privilege of knowing you for a while. And I have the privilege of looking at stuff online to go, how can I help you? Which we talked about before. And I've had the privilege of watching you yesterday. And um, we have some work to do. Really? Yeah, absolutely. So what do you see? Um, Go for it. I don't care. You sure? Yeah. All right. Um, the weight that you're carrying from the waist down does not match what I see from the waist up. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely, I'm packing down low. What? But you're not. <laughs> the drain. The creek shows up down here. The drain is plugged. Cause you can be bigger down here. I can be yeah. bigger in here. That's how men. I've always been this. little up top and bigger down below. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Just go like this and feel this. Yeah. This is. Thank you. Yeah. But yet, if I went like this, it's not matching. Yeah. Like... It does not match. Yeah. You're solid as a rock. Yeah. But you're going. Hey, what about this? Yeah. And when you change? when you hit it, look at it. Yeah. No, it jiggles. That's such BS. But by the way, it wasn't like that before. Oh, really? And I I guarantee you you're not eating a full pizza every day. No, just a couple slices. Who cares? A couple slices is fun. Here's Maria's new diet. Are you ready? For 30 days, a challenge. Okay. Any pizza you want, an 18-inch pizza, for 30 days, you're going to eat a full pizza every day. Ugh. Anything you want, vegetarian, whitestone, uh protein filled, whatever you want it to be. Good thing we're getting some for lunch, Brian. That's correct. <laughs> you have all eight slices, yeah. but you're only allowed to eat one piece every two hours. Okay. Cause that's the problem in America. We go to Marie calendars and we're going, yeah. gee, I'd like to go up a fourth time. And it, they're, what they're doing is if, I'm not busting on people. For, I love food. I'm half Italian, right? So I'm looking at this going, you know, mama, let's go, let's go, let's go. And the right baklava is a game changer. <laughs> yes. Unbelievable. So when people could realize that it's not the type of food, 
It's the amount of food. I honestly think that if supersize me was done again and they didn't supersize it, you'd have a much different result. Interesting. Because you chew your food to liquid, say to the food, you're not going to kill me. You're actually going to feed me. I enjoy it. Blah, 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 blah. There was some animal that gave its life for that. I don't care if it was hormone filled or whatever people were using, whatever. Your body is smart enough to be able to handle this stuff. Now, where I think people really get themselves in trouble, we talked about gut issues. There are micro tears in the intestinal wall. And I think that's the problem that creates more food entering the bloodstream faster than it should be. It creates this antibody reaction and then creates collateral damage by cleaning it up. And then it comes in again and then it comes in again. And now you have an autoimmune disorder and people are going, I'm just sick. No, you, you might want to read a book by Tom O'Brien called you can fix your brain. Amazing book. Cause it talks about why don't we fix it from the inside out. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.